Where to me? Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I am here with Gar Cummins. I'm waving. And I'm Paul. Yep. Today's one is the first one that we that people we were doing that people asked us numerous times to do. They put it up to us. They said we, we you know we've asked a lot of time and then we decided to just keep doing our own ideas, which was just rude on our part, to be honest with you. They're probably better. Well, obviously, but like we'd still have to, you know, pander to the oh, pander to the great unwashed. I was something we were going to do anyway. It to is be, to be fair. We have a list of stuff uh, because it took us like a year and a half to actually get around to doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a, there's a list of a thousand. But this is this is a good one, and it's um, our favorite songs from films, as in songs that were written specifically for a film, not yes. just used in it, because that's yeah. every song. Yeah, every song has been used in it. You'll film. find something somewhere. Yeah, this is uh, ones that have been written for the film and uh, appeared in the film first. With just I hope there's no exceptions in here. If there is, there might just, be. Just, just, just go I, know, with I already it. know. There just is. go with Shut it. Up. Let's um, just go with it. I'm kind of glad we're doing this. Like, like I said, there's about two or three people who've asked for this one, and um, this was a tough one for me as well to only get um, six. And, but listen again, like we always said, volume one, that yeah. makes me feel better when I say that. Yes. Know that I can it's not that funny. Right any wrongs, exactly. Yeah, it's not super funny. So without further ado, who is your first pick? My first song from a soundtrack has to be the ultimate one, and it's Ghostbusters. By <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. Not really by him, but go on. <laughs> well, that's where the, the history and the story of this song comes from. Brilliant song. Um, it's super. It's yeah. most. It has to be the most iconic theme song of any film ever. It's, yeah. it's, it's fucking stupid. stupid. It's just fucking stupid. I love it. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, so it was by Ray Parker Jr. It doesn't fit the fucking mood when it's played in that song at all. It's never. Get, What's that? interesting, right? This is where the whole thing came from. It was offered to a bunch of people first. It was offered to Lindsay Buckingham, who wrote Holiday Road for National Lampoon's Vacation. That's an first. awful song, and I love Fleetwood I Mac. I love that song. That's an awful song. I love that song. That's one of my favourite stupid songs. It's just so bad. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. It feels like it goes on for it. eight years. Yeah, I love it. It feels like it goes on the length of the car journey. Oh, I, I, it's, <laughs> oh it's so good. I hate well, it. I didn't realise it was offered to him. Um, but it was offered to him first, but he did not want to be known as the movie guy. Yeah. So he said, absolutely not, no. And it got offered to Ray Parker Jr. Now, I'll be honest with you, who the fuck is Ray Parker Jr.? It, is he was, anybody? Was it offered to him first? Yes. Right? Uh, it's okay. where it gets hairy. Okay. Right? <laughs> offered to Lindsay Buckingham. Says no. Right? They get on to fucking Huey. And Huey says, fuck now, I'm not doing this either. Right? Yeah. Now, will they offer to Huey... Someone knew Ray Parker Jr. Right yeah. now, Ray Parker Jr.'s list of accomplishments is massive. I should say that his voice is unreal and better than Huey Lewis's voice. Yes, I could listen to more Ray Parker than I could Huey Lewis. What songs? His voice vocally is a much nicer singer. He was a session musician for years. Ray Parker Jr. as a guitarist, and he worked with the Carpenters. Love the Carpenters. Shaka Khan. Um, yeah. Supremes. <laughs> Grand. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. The Spinners. Okay. Buzz Skaggs, yeah. Diana Ross, Ooh. Tina Turner. The list Way. goes on and on and on, right, of who he worked with, right? After doing all that session work, he wanted to go out on his own, become a solo guitarist, right? So, off he goes, wants to start writing a few songs. Who helps him write songs for his first album? Marvin Gaye. No way. Right? Him and Marvin were bestos. Right. right? So him and Marvin Gaye wrote Ray Parker Jr.'s first album, right? Now, the whole Ghostbusters debacle is it's filthy on both sides, right? So, Ray Parker's brought to court by Huey Lewis and the News because there's a big lump of, I want the new drug in there. It's considerably big right? lump. Right, right. <laughs> there's a big lump of that in there. They settle out of court, right? And they sign a confidentiality agreement. Years later, years and years later, Huey Lewis is doing an interview with MTV and he lets loose that there was a fucking, there was a confidentiality, he broke basically the NDA, right. essentially, in this interview, saying that fucking Paramount or whoever, um, who got put the power behind the song, they bought him out. I was going to say, there's no way right. they could get away with that song. No. It's, it's, I Need a New Drug is that song. Yeah. It's the same song. So, he breaks the NDA, and then Ray Parker Jr. brings him to court. Ooh. Right? And wins. 
because he broke the NDA. It's a yeah. filthy, dirty, fucking yeah. rolling the dirt kind of fucking history. The history of the song. Some would say they cross streams. Oh, cross beams. The, fucking what is the Ghostbusters thing? Streams, streams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the, the history of the song is almost as, as entertaining as the song itself. Mm. Now he <laughs> lyrically, apparently, he was writing. Ray Parker was like giving Sean a script essentially, right? And uh, he was he's, he said in an interview he was like, "How the fuck do you write a song about that?" Yeah, like it's ba- it's bananas, it's bad yeah, shit, it's, it's mad shit it's happening just in the song. Mad shit. So apparently he's saying he's sitting up late one night, late one fucking weekend night, racking his brain over how to do this fucking how to do this how to do this theme song cartoon for Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Cartoon of a movie. And while he's uh, watching TV. A little infomercial comes on, much like the infomercial that's shown in Ghostbusters. I think that might be an added in, right? Because of the story that Ray Parker Jr. told, and it was about uh, fucking rat catchers or something like that. And the rat catchers are giving it the full like, who are you gonna call the rat catchers? Yeah, right. You got problems with rats in your house? We're the only man for the job. A rat sleeping in your bed, <laughs> exactly, right? So he sees this and he's there. I fucking have it. I'll write the song like a shitty infomercial. Yeah, and off he goes. And that that was that's all he needed. The yeah. bang. Let's just say Ray Parker Jr. wrote the lyrics, all right? Let's just say that lyrically he interpreted this Huey Lewis song. Right. But um, it's a, that's the most iconic theme song uh, from a movie. Oh, that and maybe Oi the Tiger. Also, maybe. let's be honest, it's better than I Need a New Drug. It is, yeah. By a good country mile. Yeah, yeah. Now, we all know country miles are just a little bit more than city miles. Oh, tradition, give and take in <laughs> Keep the lamppost switch on the left yeah. for a while and then you want to spin it right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that song is just it's fucking outrageous. It's stupid as fuck, but it's also there's there's not a song like it. The breakdown, ding, ding, ding. it's oh, outrageous. Great. It's fucking outrageous. But yeah, Ray Parker Jr. Realistically, who gave a fuck before? Yeah. Uh, who gave a fuck after? Really? Like, <laughs> but, um, Do you reckon it's on his greatest hits? I think it might. Be. I think I think there might be seven different remixes of it. <laughs> um, the fucking remastered yeah. two thousand annoying fucking remix. And you and, went back and did rap posters. Just oh, I didn't uh, follow Boyd on the version of it for the last Ghostbusters movie as well. That wasn't too bad actually. I didn't. Listen I'm glad I didn't get Weezer to do it, which would have just been the, the same. same again. Oh yeah, I, don't, I can't. I just can't. Anyway, what's your next one? My first one is um, Licensed to Ki- Kill by Gladys Knight. Sa- sans the Pips. Sans the yeah. Pips. Savage. Savage. This is the first, uh, the first James Bond movie of that era that hadn't got John Barry. He was off having a surgery. In um, Monte Carlo. Possibly, yeah. It's also the last Timothy Dalton Bond movie. He's a very underrated. Of course he is, yeah. Very underrated Bond, yeah. I always thought. Yeah. I quite like Dalton. I did like him as well. It's not Welsh, that's Lazenby. Lazenby was a Welsh guy. Yeah. Wasn't he? He did the one. Yeah, one. Um, this song, I, that, this gives me chills, like yeah. proper, down the back of my neck. Yeah. Chills when the, which is actually Goldfinger. Yep. Yeah. I didn't realise that till uh, someone goes, you know, it's the bit from Goldfinger. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, Oh shit! Yeah, it is, but this is better. It is no. This is well. Let's be honest with you. Shirley Bass's Goldfinger is also yeah off the hook. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, Clapton was asked to record it. He said no. They finally got Gladys Knight to do it. Mm. This is this is like is this eighty? Fuck me! I don't remember what year that would have been. Eighty three, eighty four, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, why I thought it was a little bit later. The more you listen to the song, the more you realise that. A song that I picked for one of the best pop songs on Vogue, Don't Let Go, is massively, massively borrows from this song. Mm-hmm. Don't Let Go. If you listen to the two... Wasn't Don't Let back, Go for a movie as well? That was for the Madball documentary. Uh, <laughs> Set it yeah. off. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, this, I, I think that was for a movie as well, though, or something. Anyway. Set it off. Fuck off. That's the name of the oh, movie. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Yeah, got me. Oh, That's God, the second time you got me with Madball stuff. Fucking get this joke out. It's it was stupid. Same, same band. I'm not thinking about New York hardcore when we're talking about fucking Gladys Knight. <laughs> My brain doesn't work like that. It's all that very. Was, that was from a movie, yeah. So, don't let go. Was basically licensed to kill without the mm. horn section. Mm. Really, realistically, and the you know the major chord change in it, like and the, 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 about something different, yeah. and sang by different people completely. I it was hard. I knew I was going to pick a James Bond song. Yeah, it was going to be Duran Duran, maybe or Cornell. He, he wouldn't have been 
He wouldn't have got in my top five. Would he not? That Cornell song? No, it's brilliant, but it wouldn't be top five James Bond songs, no. For real? Yeah, I was also going to pick the Radiohead song that mm. got refused, which is... Man of War. That wasn't for Radiohead. No, not Man of War. Spectre. Sorry, that wasn't for fucking James Bond. That was for uh, the Born Elf Man. No, Old. Spectre. No? Go back and read it. The song Spectre is the song I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yes, I am thought you were talking about Man of War. Man of War. Man of War. Man of War. Yeah. This song, every time I hear it, it, it pips Aha and Dran Dran and even Carly Simon to the post. Mm. They'd be my top... That's a gold finger, still a cracker. Yeah, uh, Cornell will be in there in top seven. Top but, seven. But uh, this is the number one. Mm. And when you listen to it again, you'll realise when that, was, when that string section kicks in, it's so good. It's so powerful. That movie? Yeah, it's grand. Yeah, it's fine. 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 I was always one of those James Bond guys where, if it's on, I'll watch it. But I always found the people who were obsessed with James Bond, or I was fucking weird people that collected dollies as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I used to be mad about James Bond until my teens, where I remember watching one where I think he pulled someone out of a car and robbed the car off them, and I was like, that's not cool for James Bond to do. That, that's that's just stupid. Film ever. That's just, I know, but I don't know what it was. Something that coming up and saying, that's real fucking English entitlement, isn't it? I think it was going through that, that, <laughs> going through that phase where you actually found out all the things, what they'd done to oh. us. You're like, you know what? Fuck you, you English bastard. Not, not me directly. <laughs> I quite like, uh, like uh, the Brits. No, now I do. Listen, everyone has everyone has that stage in in their teens <coughs> yeah. and in skill where they go. Blind boy from uh, Rubber Bandits on his podcast actually touched on it recently. Where he's talking about there's a period in every young man's life in Ireland where they where find they out they just they just uh, they literally just say up the ra and give it with British people but and it's just a, a cultural it's, it's, it's thing. Even if you, you agree with it or not, it's, in it's a thing you, you have to do. Oh yeah, but it's in skill when you start finding out. Of course, yeah. Sitting so, like, or you even hear people talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dirty bastards. <laughs> I was, but for me, the fucking the James Bond thing was always just a, a real Christmassy movie thing. And uh, yes, yeah, like it's stupid shit, like Sean Connery becoming a ninja on a boat. You know, They're, do you know what I like about them? They are super Americanized. They are, yeah, yeah. Because if that was just English, they wouldn't have people jumping off cliffs. And also, offices. those movies were brought to you with a man who uh, owns the trademark on the name Broccoli. That's bizarre. Yeah. Yep. Someone bought the trademark. His name is Broccoli, and he imported this vegetable from like the Andes or something like that. Called it broccoli, right? When you grow broccoli, you have to pay money to the broccoli family, right? And he funds movies. To pay, it. pay. It's your your broccoli is franchised from his broccoli. So the more broccoli that's bought, the, the more the richer you make the, more, the broccoli family, and the more James Bond movies you get. Quite possibly, but originally a lot, all those movies were funded. If you go and watch the credits, it's like Charles Broccoli or whatever his fucking name was. Yeah, brought to you by Broccoli. And what was it called before that? Nothing. Nothing. It's whatever. Fucking slim lamb, bliggity blong on the Jesus. side of a mountain. Like, yeah, it's like spuds. They all came from fucking somewhere else, uh, uh, Nepal or something like that. Yeah. Well, Potatoes gee, all come. Who's your next one? My next one is. Uh, Dolly Parton, 9 to 5. From the movie, 9 to 5. From the movie, starring Dolly Parton. <laughs> called, 9, called 9 to 5. Let's keep it in the family here. Let's fucking keep it simple, lads. That's a fucking brilliant song. It's 1980. Um, yeah, it's mad iconic as well. It's a super dancey, hoppy kind of skit song. Um, it's on her album. <laughs> this is We talked about this on another podcast that has another terrible name. This album is called 9 to 5 and Odd Jobs. Oh, yeah, 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 they did that a lot, you were saying that, you um, were saying that, which on a yeah. podcast that will come later, actually, <laughs> yeah, it's going yeah. to work out that way. Um, yeah, it's called 9 to 5 and Odd Jobs, uh, Jane Fonda. And Nixers. Yeah, and Nixers. Um, and besides all Nixers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the movie had uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton herself. That was a good movie as well. I do, I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen that movie in a hundred fucking years. Uh, I only barely remember what it's about. Um, who played on this? I hear you ask. All right. Who played on this, car? All right. Uh, Jeffrey Allen Baxter. Oh, God. Classic Jeffrey. From uh, Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Play guitar. Um, you know what's real fucked up about Jeffrey Allen Baxter? Uh, this is absolutely insane, right? He is... <laughs> this is fucking mad. This is absolutely fucking mad, right? He is a military advisor for missile defense for the US government and has been since his days in Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. His, those bands were his side gig. His job, he works for the US military as a, as a missile defense consultant and still does to this day. I wonder what his hours are. 
<laughs> not 9 to 5 anyway, I'll tell you that much. I mean, maybe you can do missile defense no, 9 like, to 5. Oh, 500. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, uh, Larry Nectar from the Wrecking Crew. Wrecking Crew, back yeah, again. Back again. Um, and uh, Trumpet was uh, Trumpet was a guy called Jerry Hay, who played on a uh, Thriller. Surprising enough. So did Toto. Yeah. Played on Thriller, and uh, also what's real cool, Jerry, Jerry Hay, the trumpet player on the song 9 to 5, wrote a load of music for Star Wars Return of the Jedi. That's quite trumpety, isn't it? It's, <laughs> um, he wrote a load of music for... Uh, Just on the, you actually wrote all that Star Wars on a trumpet. Exactly, and you could have. They transcribed it yeah. then to uh, other instruments yeah. that had more of a range yeah. than the trumpet has. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a nine to five Dolly Parton. It's just a, it's, a, it's a cool little, um, but you, you can't miss the point of it. It's called the same as the film, and it has the same person singing it that's in the film. It's a perfect circle, really. You don't you want know? to be messing things up, like that song Saint Elmo's Fire, which isn't on this list. It probably should be. Yeah, do you know that song Saint Elmo's Fire by John Parr from the movie Saint Elmo's Fire? There is no way he intended to call it Saint Elmo's Fire. No. In fact, the lyric. St. Elmo's Fire is jammed into the end of the chorus. Mm. So he had that in the vault, and they just, I reckon that he just went, yeah, I'm going to call this one St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, but man, there's no reference to St. Elmo's Fire, in it? Also, it doesn't really say anything about the film. Well, listen, what if I just say St. Elmo's Fire at the end of the chorus? Done. So this is more tight than that. This is meant to be. And it's a good, oh, I like it. It's, it's a female it's just a little. It's, it's just a, it's a little kind of. I was gonna say it's a little. It's a little titty. It's a little ditty kind of. Definitely not a little. It's titty definitely not a little titty. Um, it's just a little ditty kind of song that uh, it's, it's lovely little kind of hop to it. It's just it's. I'm in the morning, stumbling in the kitchen, know myself a cup. Pour yourself a cup of ambition. Yeah. Ew, you don't be drinking that. They're not delicious. Ugh. I'd say it's sour as fuck ambition. Yeah. Um, anyway, hit me with your next one. Cat people in brackets. Cat people putting out fires. By David Bowie and Giorgio Moroder from the movie Cat People. David Bowie. I'm surprised you didn't pick a fucking Goblin King song or something. That oh, garbage. That was gonna go on. That's fucking terrible. No, it's not. It's, are you for real? Dance, you, magic dance. Oh, oh. I mean, it's stupid, but it's great. It's fucking garbage. I can't. I have to fast forward for that. It bit doesn't film. sound like David Bowie. It just sounds like shite. I can't do it. I can't. I can't. It's supposed to be camp and funny and no, musically. No, and, and, no that movie fun. is dark as fuck. He's around stealing babies and then he starts singing at them. You remind you. me of a babe. Yeah. I remind me of a Shut up, Bowie. No. See, when it comes to Bowie, you really shouldn't say We shouldn't talk too much about Bowie. Let's talk about the music, will we? Remind them of babes. Yeah, you remind me of a babe. <laughs> Back in the 70s. No, actually. <laughs> uh, so he asked the director of Cat People, which is okay, of a film, asked uh, Bowie, will you do it? He's like, yeah, yes. the music's already written. Marauder did it, and I'm kind of surprised about even doing it. Sort of, but he did a lot of stuff. But yeah, did, to work with someone big like Marauder, um, apparently it was done in two takes. Really, bang it out. Flew over to Switzerland to meet Marauder. Marauder said he's an absolute gent. Mm. Had a coffee, absolute professional. Let's get this done. Fucked off again. That's it. Everything I ever heard about him in that regard, it was always just in, shake hands, how are you doing? Yeah. Have a smoke, have a drink. Let's get this to him. In, bang it out. Yeah. See you later. Get, get, the, get the Bowie brand out yeah. as yeah. far and as best projects yeah. as possible. There's, there's Bobby's the fiddle. Um, I love this, this version of the song because there is two. I'll tell you in a minute why there's two. Mm-hmm. It's really dark and it's really gothy and you all know how much I love my dark <laughs> and gothy songs. Um. This version was used in Inglorious Bastards. It's another probably mm. more popular movie than Cat People during the scene in the cinema, I think. You know what I mean? Like, we're setting this stuff up. It was also used in Atomic Blonde, which is a killer soundtrack. Mm. It's also not the worst. It's not the worst film ever. The reason he couldn't use this on Let's Dance album is because he, he wasn't allowed to use it. Because music wasn't his. Well, music wasn't his, exactly. So he re-recorded it with Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar. Oh. I don't like that version mm. at all. It's jangly and it's rock and rolly. Yeah. And the other one is synthy. Hmm. Really dark. And it kind of pushes Bowie into kind of vocal ranges. Not ranges, patterns that he wouldn't have normally yeah. really done that much. Well, if, if he wasn't involved he, in the music, he would exactly, follow a yeah. different flow completely. But this song goes from... Sound like something from The Lost Boys that turns into this rock song. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. I don't... The rest of the soundtrack, I mean, is, is decent. Like any of the Marauder stuff has moments and then filler. But this is the jewel. This yeah. is the theme song for Cat People. 
and uh, it's a big dirty banger so I was listening to it earlier on right? yeah I, I, I didn't I don't know whether I've seen that movie I don't know whether I, I ever saw heard it in the all 80s that, when all that's on it's, it's like Malcolm McDowell and I think it's Natasha Kinski the, the, the horror movie they're tor- they torn into uh, Panthers Jesus Christ yeah alright I mean enough said about that enough what's your next one uh, the team from Manimal um, <laughs> and my next one is Lose Yourself by Eminem off 8 Mile yeah um, that could be I don't know how do you pick like the best You can't, it's hard to pick a best Eminem song I, no there's only one of the best Eminem songs ever. it'll, it'll appear on the best rap oh, songs no, when we do it Um I I don't I don't know. This song once again is a massive song. It was so big, it was so huge, it was so important. Um it sums up the movie in a heartbeat. People still do memes about fucking mom spaghetti. Like it's yeah. just uh, It is uh, it's lyrically brilliant. Lyrically shit hot. It's, it's lyrically like especially it really deals well with self doubt. Really well. Yeah. And not really going <laughs> to push yourself to just fucking listen. Yeah, you do have to ask yourself, I can give in to the fear or I can actually just go out and give it. Yeah, exactly. God, that's the stupidest thing I've ever said. So, so stupid. <laughs> you really have to ask yourself. Well, it's, you really it, it was the first hip-hop song ever to win an Academy Award for best song in a movie. Really? The yeah. first hip-hop, first hip-hop, hip-hop song, song ever? Yeah, to ever win an Academy Award. one on my list. I definitely should have got it. Um, it was written on set while they were filming the movie during breaks. That's impressive. During downtime. Although, that's, that's his thing. Also, it? not only that, it was recorded on set in a portable Riggy had in That's band. incredible. Yeah. I love the long intro. Mm. Love it. And then when it kicks off, the dun, 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 yeah. dun. you play that in a club and people get hyped. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's an incredibly popular song as well as being important. And I, I, I don't think that movie would be as big as it was without that song. That song is no, a massive yeah. part of it. Even though Eminem is in it and it was his first big film, if it didn't have the big song, it wouldn't absolutely not because it wouldn't Especially be on, a new song. Yeah, a new song, you know, no, and, a, and a new great song. Yes, has to be has to be all those things. So th- it's one of those things where back in the day where it doesn't happen so much anymore, where movies had to go hand in hand with this, a big song if it had an actor in it who could sing especially. Yeah, it had to have the song. It had to have the handshake. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's, it's a super fucking song. Yeah, really like you good. said, that big that big intro was mad important. Um, it lets people prepare themselves for what's about to come. Sounds a bit like the start of Fighter by Christina Aguilera. That could be fucking a similar sample. Yeah, could oh, be but similar. then when it kicks off, they become slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> Slight, ever so slightly, uh, ever so slightly different. Anyway, the Eminem lose yourself off Eight Mile will be uh, is one of my picks for I think best uh, songs from a soundtrack. Of course, Volume One again. Let's just call it. Yes. Um, volume one again. It's tough. It's it's hard out there for a pimp lad. Um, <laughs> what's your next one? Chris Cornell seasons from the nineteen ninety two film singles, which is a great soundtrack overall. A great Super, soundtrack. Yeah. Um, this is the, his first solo song. Yeah, and the first time people went, there's more than Soundgarden to this lad. Seasons is a fucking incredible song. The it's guitar great work is so yeah. beautiful. It's, it? Yeah, it's odd. It's, it's very just. Good. It's like a lot of his stuff that he writes himself. He sounds like someone else wrote the music and he's singing his way over it, but yeah. it's not. No, it's, he has, he has a very particular... He has this weird layered version of uh, the way he does things. Yeah. Like there'll the be three or four guitar tracks kind of doing yeah. similar but different stuff. He might kind of double track two guitars to do something similar and then two guitars to do something completely different and it couldn't be played at once at the same yeah. time, you know. It's Because the, the guitar stuff is bluesy, it shows off yeah. his real bluesy stuff and it doesn't rely on the big riffs and drums that he, he had behind him for yeah. Soundgarden. The noise. The noise. To escape so into, it's yeah. really him and his voice is really just, Jesus, all the all the different ranges that he can do, he's super high in that. Right, he's showing himself off yeah. as well to a degree, you know. So obviously Bird Ritual is on this as well, uh, but this is the one that is known, it's also the best song on the soundtrack. Do you if reckon you that film was as important to the kind of grunge movement? Yes, as, absolutely. Yeah, because it was actually out. Bef- it was actually out on the cusp of it. Yeah, it wasn't just a reaction to this. No, thing. it was like happening. Yeah, because Cameron Crowe was around at that yeah. time, and he was going to make a movie of this. Yeah, and it's a decent film. It's, it's, it's grand. It's fine. The yeah. best film ever. Yeah, but no. it's, it's but like, good. even like the way they they dressed, which was 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 reflecting the way they were dressing in Seattle in that yeah. area. So like that became the uniform. Yeah. 
for people because everybody went and watched that movie exactly. because all these guys were exactly. in the guys yeah. from bands were in the movie as yeah. well like the coffee house scene and shit like that when you're was, wearing the docks with the white socks over it and the shorts and, and the docks the, open and the fucking yeah. big that's the jumper hanging, hanging off thing. yeah exactly thing, flannel you know, short yeah. and a shitty fucking Dennis the Menace jumper like and a, a beanie yeah like I wore all that bullshit we all did listen yeah. we all did like, um, I do think you're right I do think it's important to it and it came out at the exact right time when it was all kicking off and it's part of the grunge story without yeah. a shadow of a doubt yeah. and this song is part of it oh yeah, well. yeah yeah absolutely so, uh, yeah. I think there's a mix there's a tape in the movie where the songs are listed or something like that and he wrote songs based on the names of the so he didn't write the names of these songs mm. he just went I'm going to make the songs as so, if they were the songs strangely enough in 8 Mile as well there's a scene where uh, Rabbit is on the bus with a bit of paper scribbling lyrics apparently in real life that was him writing the lyrics to Lose Yourself that's class. Yeah, in the film. Yeah, they just used it in the film. He's writing the song. But in reality, he was actually writing the lyrics to Lose Yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think um, Seasons is one of those songs, a very rare song that I can listen to in any mood. Mm. If that comes on, it's never getting skipped. Ever. What if we were banging? Getting a nice rhythm to it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe. Rhythm, yeah. <laughs> Although it's quite a long song for bands. <laughs> oh damn! Suicide by words. The last thirty seconds of it. Then, yeah. Hell for letter. Um, listen, everyone knows seasons. If you don't, Jesus Christ! There's a lot of uh, you know what? There's a lot of when Cornell died and I was doing sets. I'd stick this song on. He's a lot of fans that don't really listen to Cornell no, or Soundgarden. No, but well, he's the man what died. Exactly. Yeah, that's a massive. He's the man what died, yeah. and therefore you know, and you play that, and they're like. Everything you say to me, I'll go to the club and I'll sing the lyrics back to you. Yeah. What was his yeah. fucking name? That's slightly different for him because those songs were all ingrained into them as a kid. But there is a lot of people crying. Well, Cornell had a massive fucking career that would have spanned before when they were when they were semen, living living semen. in their dad's balls. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? When he they was were, when they were an him. idea of semen. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, listen, Chris Cornell, <laughs> seasons ninety two, single soundtrack, great soundtrack as well. I have to mention. Uh, what's your one? La 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 bumba. I hate that song. I know. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the Los Lobos version. Ugh. So again, this is... Uh, Not the Lou Diamond Phillips. Well, he's in the video. Uh, this is another perfect circle kind of song. So, this is Los Lobos. Certainly not a perfect circle song. <laughs> right. This is Los Lobos covering La Bamba. And it was for the movie La Bamba. About Richie Valens. Or from Valens, the, from or the year La Bamba. Yeah, exactly. Right? Who popularized that song. Now, that song was a, a, a fucking... That was a, a folk song, anyway. That, it wasn't written by by Richie Valens. Um, well, wasn't the Gypsy Kings, no? No. Uh, so it made famous by him in like 1958. And his story just became this big infamous story. And eventually they made that movie with Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond, Lou Diamond Phillips is in the video, the Los Lobos video. Now... What's fucking mad? Whatever about that song, I I I don't hate that song at all. It's 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 whatever, right? It's just an iconic movie song. Um, it, unfortunately, it's a movie about that song, so it's not their yeah. song. I think you should have picked a better one. No, no better no. song. No, I'm standing by it. <laughs> I have to stand by it. I, it stand by me. Off. There's another one not written for the movie. But <laughs> let, <laughs> let's say it was. Would it allowed over this? Um. That band, that, that version's from 1987, right? Um, that band, Las Lobos, lad, they have 22 albums. Oh, that doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Latino music is relentless. Relentless. It's 22 albums. That's just this year. Where, that's in the Prince territory. You know what I mean? Like, 22 albums. But in one genre. Just that, that and guitar-y... A, and a terrible genre. That Latino country... Whatever it is. That's actually the least offensive of all that kind of... Jesus, be careful here. (laughs) (laughs) Music of that geographical Uh, Yeah, a lot of it is very repetitive and hurts. But it's it's designed for dancing, so of course it's fucking repetitive. We can say the same about techno. I'm just being ignorant, and I don't care. Ignorant. Um, Yeah, I had to pick it. Much like Ghostbusters, it's one of those songs that when you hear it, when I hear that song, I think of that movie. Even that that movie is kind of fucking shit, but I still think of that movie. You know what I mean? When I hear Nine to Five, I think of that movie. When I hear fucking se- uh, Seasons, I don't actually think of 
Stevens. No, that that went above the move. Yeah, you know, like, there's a couple of them there. Lose your, lose yourself. I don't actually associate that with Eight Mile. No, because again, it wasn't a great movie. Really, it was okay. It's whatever, it's fine. Yeah, um, it did. They all transcended them. Yeah, like th- that went above. This didn't, and no. like at all. This is bet into that movie. You know, it's installed into that movie. Um, I literally have nothing else to say about. That, that that's the least amount of research I'm actually surprised you even I'm, got that much about I'm, that I'm looking at it here I have a full page I have a full page about 9 to 5 and I have four little small lines about La Bamba by Los Lobos people will have skipped a, this also, apparently, and this song by now La Bamba means uh, do a stomp do a stomp Los Lobos means the wolves, and originally they were called the wolves of East Los Angeles. Do you know what? They should record that onto a tape, put it on the ground, and do a La Bamba on it. <laughs> Just la 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 fuck this song. <laughs> no, I'm I'm okay with that song. I have to say, I'm right. I'm, I'm, I'm ground with it. But what we will do is we'll move swiftly on. It's a good song. Hit me. Nineteen ninety four, The Crow. Jesus, you could have your pick. You could have your pick, but it's but you picked the best one on the soundtrack. Yeah, Born by the Cure. It's also the best Cure song, I think. It's in the top five. I can see it. It's arguably the best, yeah. Yeah, Could it's be just... Uh, or perfection. It's juicy as well. From it the is. start of it. Juicy. From the very start, it just... It has stop. a mood. It has a mood that never breaks. You ever have yeah. some songs that you listen to it when you're real happy and go, oh, Jesus Christ, that's... Oh, I love it. And you listen to it when you're sad and you're like, Jesus, oh, it's making me sadder. Jesus Christ. This yeah. doesn't change. No. doesn't change. Born is just... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that it was wasted on a fucking soundtrack. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, it's it's crazy that he put that much effort into a song for a soundtrack, yeah. And it is to to the point where at first I thought, no, that's just a cure song that he added to that when he was asked. I, but it does have the lyric in it, Dream the Crow Black Dream. It is written for it. And I think I know why he put a lot of effort into this. This the comic book The Crow is massively influenced by the cure. He looks like him. But but even well. like that 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 uh, cure or that um Crow J.O. Barr has um, pages of like the Hanging Garden lyrics yep. and stuff. It's massively influenced oh, by yeah, Cure. Yeah. So that that phone call to him would have been like, by the way, this you you're part of this. Yeah. Even if you don't do this, song, yeah. If you're not into it, you'll always. Like he's be, based on your look. And, yes. You know. Um. You, that, that soundtrack, Jesus Christ. There's, I mean, there's, no, there's nothing bad now. Talking, obviously, the Cure, Stone Table Pilots, uh, Nine Inch Nails, Panther, Rage Against the Machine on it as well. Yeah. Helmet. Jesus and Mary Chain. Stop. Just fucking stop. Rage Against Machine was supposed to have a song the Judgment Night soundtrack with Tool as well, weren't they? Yes. Well. And it was never, they never finished it. It was called Revolution. Well, Rage Against Machine have a song with Maynard on it. Or is it the other way around? No. There's one of those. I always get Judgment Night and Crow mixed up because around, roughly around the same time and they had kind of a similar vibe. There was definitely an unreleased Rage Against the Machine and Tool crossover song that was called, I think it was called Revolution. And there's no finished recording of it. There's a rough demo that they were sending back and forward to each other that you can find on YouTube. But it was never released. But those bands were linked. They were like LA. Yeah, but they were the, the same, same. At the same, the same band for, at one stage. There is songs. There is a song. There could, there could be a, cro- with, there could with, be with a crossover song, but there's one that's lost. And if you listen to it on YouTube, you'll know why it was lost. Cause it was fucking yeah. shite. It was um, garbage. The Crow is... A- great film if you don't keep going back to watch it yeah just let, let the nostalgia let, carry let the nostalgia yeah. the soundtrack is definitely better than the film yeah it's but it's also, film. it's also not going to fade the more you listen no. to it I think it has a great Machines of Love and Grace song on it as well um, it is possibly my favourite soundtrack of all time because that got released this year for Record Store Day as well didn't it nobody released never got it nobody got it nobody I know got it I know two people look at it. Really? Yeah. It just popped up in the world over here, like. So I tried. Someone I know that I tried, but um, fuck it. I, man, records. There, I'm not. I never save money for record day, but it, I should have kept my eye out for that one. I had the feelers out in the shops for the lads I knew, saying, just "Grab that fucking thing, yeah. grab that thing," and uh, never showed up in any shops I wanted it in. Sure, listen, you get it again. The cure, the cure song on it is one of the best parts it's a brilliant part of the film as well yeah and uh, it's a huge part of my childhood no else a childhood would have been 90, adolescence 94, yeah yeah I mean I'm 13 that comes it, out it's definitely uh, adolescence and uh, it still to this day is a huge part of my life that song that 
you know when you're doing a, a, a gotcha, you don't want to play Bourne because you don't want to be seen as the good of Bourne. The gotcha. good who plays it, yeah. But then you do it and everyone goes, yeah, deadly and dances and loves it. Mm. It's not really, you can't really go wrong with it. I could listen to that song three times a day and not get bored of it. I'm pretty sure I listen to it once a week. Born, it's, that, it's on the soundtrack in uh, Where They Work. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I hear it at least three or four times a another, week. Another song you could stick on the disintegration, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the production value being completely different, you could stick on the disintegration that has that Simon Gallup bass. Actually, I don't know if Simon Gallup played bass on that. I think that was only Robert Smith and the drummer at the time that did this song, mm. if I'm not mistaken. I think it was uh, him and Boris Smith that did this I don't think the rest of the band were fully involved in this actually yeah. and it, but it's a pure Simon Gallup bass line yeah it's absolutely a cool bass line and uh, probably it's him doing his best version of it the own, I saw it live recently at their gig the only thing I could say about that I didn't like it was played too early in the set it was really? the second song in really yeah it was the second song after Shake Dog Shake, which is an incredible song mm. that started off. So people were only getting their bearings that this was, I'm at a cure gig, it's only sinking in. And they get hit with a fucking hammer. And he takes it with the little kind of recorder flutey thing yeah. and that little whistle. Yeah. And then you know it's coming. Yeah. But it just, I wish it had have, I wish it had been a bit more tipsy, mm. a bit more into the gig. I wish it had been a bit more darker out. It was still very bright out when it was on. But these are minor complaints. I got to see Bourne, which they weren't playing for a very for long ages, time. Yeah. A very long time. I'd, I'd heard that as well. That was kind of off the list for a long time. And to be honest with you, just by about a minute, and I was like, I don't give a fuck about all these things. I, I was complaining all the time. Not too early, too early. Yeah. No, I'm in now. By the end of it, I was just like yeah. that live. It's happened, they, and they played it absolutely perfectly. Like they did every song that night, nailed. And uh, it's one of those memories I will never forget. Here's your next one. My next one is "Call Me" by Blondie. I didn't even know this was for a film. This was for American Gigolo. With Richard Gere. Yeah. Um, oh, this song. You don't like this song? The history of the song is fucking insane. I do like this song. You will like this song more after I tell you where it came from. Do you know what? As a kid, I loved it, but I preferred Heart of Glass. And then I, I'm actually... Really? Yeah, Heart of Glass is a better song, but War Child is an even better song with Blondie. Blondie have a lot of deadly songs. That Hanging on the Telephone is my favourite Blondie That's song. up there in my top. Yeah. That's that's fucking yeah. incredible. I hate Disco Blondie. I fucking despise Disco that's Blondie. That's terrible. And especially when they... like. I don't like Atomic. Listen, Blondie weren't really... The tide really is high, it can absolutely fuck can, off. Die in a big fire, yeah. is what I can die in. No, uh, I do like I, I do like this. I just, do you know what I hate about it? Whenever it's play, When someone wants to play Blondie in, in, in the club, they're playing that one. I'd rather they play the ones we just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Just, but it is a... Okay, no, it's good, it's good. Cool, cool. I'll give you that one. I, I, have, I have a soft spot for this song because uh, we used to cover it with Skeleton Crew. And it was real fun to play, real fun to play. You know, you got really into it. I had a kind of call response thing. It was just fun. Yeah. But this song was originally offered to Stevie Nicks. She turned they it down. didn't write this. Here's a weird one, right? They wanted she a, could, a theme song. Oh, I can song. hear that. I can hear her singing that right now. Well, in my head. She had nothing to do with it. Right? No, but I can she, hear but it. It wasn't written in advance. Oh, okay, right, right, right. What they had, they had the movie with Richard Gere and all this kind of show. This is 1980, by the way. And they had Giorgio Moroder, right? Who we just mentioned. Giorgio Moroder, the father of fucking disco, the pioneer of Italio disco, Italian right? Disco, yeah. He worked with Freddie Mercury. That he's still alive. He was like 90. He was on the last Daft Punk album. Yeah. He's on, on a song called yeah. Giorgio Moroder. Exactly. Daft Punk, Britney Marauder, Spears, yeah. Kylie Minogue. Uh, he produced I Love to Love You Baby, uh, I Feel Love, MacArthur Park by Donna Summer. You can feel his song. Yeah. When you heard him. He done uh, the soundtrack for Midnight Express. Yeah. Uh, so they had him and they had the movie. And they offered it to the Knicks. And she said no. Went, absolutely not they offered it to fucking Blondie and apparently what happened was they said give me give me like two hours something weird like that and off <laughs> off they went and within two hours the balls of the song like lyrically and Holmes and whatever just into a dictaphone Jesus. was played over the fucking the telephone so he got a hold of it. He jazzed it up. He gave it his little shine. Because even though it's not very disco-y, it has a disco kind of backbeat to it. A bit punky. Yeah. Like, it, it seems to be a good mishmash of everything that, like... That, now, here's what's weird about it. This is ten times more a Debbie Hardy song than a Blondie song. 
right? Like apparently, um, she's who they talked to. They didn't talk to the band. They talked to her. She went off. And she done uh, lyrics and hummed into a fucking telephone yeah. and all this kind of shit. And uh, then it was sent off to him. He started placing a bit of music together. Right. He sent it off. Yeah. Right. He sent it off back to them. They recorded their version of it. Back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually got together and they recorded this version of it. They also recorded it in Spanish. Right. Recorded the whole thing in Spanish. La Mamba would be mad into that. Yeah, exactly. The original version, the album version, is eight minutes long. Jesus. That's where you'll hear his influence more than oh, the, than the radio edit. Oh, breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. So the original version is eight, eight, 8 minutes 5 seconds long and the radio version is 3 minutes 32 or something like That's that. That's 5 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that they, they chopped out of it. Um, so you'll hear his influence on the longer one a lot more. Um, they also, I think the album version of it has her singing the chorus in like... It's French. In, in Portuguese, in French, in it's German. The one, the, the one that we know is the French. I think there's one or two little bits. Mama yeah, mia, there's bits left in. But the the long one has like ten different languages cool. mixed into it as well. But that that's that's I don't associate that song with a movie. I got real. I, I fell on my feet there. I was looking up stuff and I was like, I said, call me. And I was like, that's a fucking killer song. I was like, oh shit, yeah, American Gigolo. Fuck, I forgot all about that. So I got one for free, basically. Yeah. So I'm taking it. No, I'd say if I had been born in the seventies, I'd know that that was from that yeah. movie. But uh, I'm not because I'm young. I, I know that movie. <laughs> I've seen I've seen that movie, um, but I, I never. I, I it's hard for me to associate that song with that movie. But uh, cause that song just stands on its fucking own. So that's I, the male pretty woman because he's a pretty much. Woman. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he was in Pretty Woman as well, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And instead of right. instead of someone snapping like a, a box with a ring, and if someone tries to snap a. Sewer on his it. ring. Sewer on <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hit me with your next one. My next one is uh, <coughs> 1995. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Gangsters Paradise, Coolio. I fucking love this song. Man. It's super. It's, do you know what? It's one, another one of those songs where the production makes it. Yeah. When you hear those opening strings, <laughs> it's so. Just get that chill. <laughs> Even though ultimately Coolio is a bit silly in the rest of his, he's a bit. He's not. He's not what you associate like serious. He's not rap. a rapper. I'm, he's not a rapper. I don't care. What well, he I think he's got a good flow in this anyway. He's got a really good flow in this. Oh, and lyrically, he, it's lyrically, it's actually really good. Oh yeah, it's super. I, I read an interview with him where he had zero experience rapping, right? And all his mates were rappers or producers. I'm one of his mates, obviously. But yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Um, all of his mates are rappers and producers and DJs and all this kind of shit. And he had no real interest in it. And some random opportunity presented itself one evening. And he said, fuck it, I'll do it. He'd never rapped before. Ever. And he just, whatever, used like an NWA song or whatever. Picked yeah. a song, Elvis Howell, that he knew. Because he liked that music. Yeah. And just done it. And everyone was like, holy shit. Yeah, like, he's not an incredible rapper. He's got a good... Voice tone to his he voice. voice. Well, he's, that tone. He's is, also fucking mental. You know Pornhub. Yeah, you heard of it? Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I could have. You know, I wish I delayed a little bit more before I said yeah. And so, I wish my eyes hadn't a little. I also were on a podcast. I wish I hadn't told people my eyes. Yeah, lit up. exactly. And your jocks got a bit wet. Not yet. Not yet. Give it a minute. But um, Pornhub about I'm going to call it ten years ago, maybe less, between seven and ten years. Pornhub started a record label. I remember that. You remember this? And the first signee was Coolio. Yeah. And Coolio wrote the theme song for Pornhub <laughs> Records. Right? You can find it. You can find it. And it's just him with a load of fucking dirty porno hewers fucking on a boat or in a fucking club or something getting crawled on yeah. by fucking, by mots and fucking big chiseled blokes. Right? And it's honestly one of the worst things I've ever heard in my entire life. Like it's yeah, up there. Like, I don't really like any of his other songs. Fantastic Journey or Voyager or whatever that. Couldn't tell you. I'm going to straight up tell you. I do not know. I only know the porn song. <laughs> and I can't remember it except it's Shy and Gangster's Paradise. Welcome to the hub. <laughs> exactly. Get your nut on. Get exactly. your nut on. Welcome I think to the, the song hub. was something like that. Like Bus Channel. I think it was called. Bus Channel. was something like that. Oh. You just, just awakened a late memory um, in me. It's possibly the only Coolio song with no profanity in it. It couldn't be, really. Not for a film at that, in that year. It's not the reason, though. Is it not? No. Do you know the Stevie Wonder sampling at the end? Oh, mm. oh, oh. Uh, 
he said to Stevie Wonder, he well, they, they said, they said, uh, can we use this? And went, yeah, obviously don't course in the song. And they were like, what, what do you mean what don't do you course? Here's my sample, don't think about even course in it. He cos beat him. LV's good at that bit. It's you know LV, famous LV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, obviously. Oh, yeah, oh LV, yeah. LV. Big, L, big, big LV. LV. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Large from, variety. From, from, from other such fucking Songs killer tracks as Bust Your Nut. He had that one from the Dangerous... No, that's this as well. Gangsters, Paradise 2, The Revenge. Uh, I'm, I'm, the Remix. I met. Yeah, and you went out on the piss with Julio, yeah. I did a little yeah. bit. Um, he was getting a tattoo in a place. What was the tattoo? Fuck, I don't. Jesus, I don't even remember what tattoo he got. Was it the Pornhub logo? I fucking hope so. Man. I hope so. With a joint hanging over. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He's not particularly. I wouldn't call him sound. Yeah, I wouldn't call him sound. Uh, <laughs> he's not, so he's not the nicest. Of the but he's. But he's not. He wasn't rude out neither. You could sit down. And is have he, a sh- is he vacant? No, no. He's all there, like. No, oh, well. He was, like, is he engaging and involved? He is engaging, and you could sit down, one, which I did, one-to-one talk to him for, like, a little while. Um, I remember him what telling What did you me, say, like, right, Julio? I can't remember what I was saying. What's, what's I, wasn't even, I wasn't even that drunk. He was uh, on drink, drink, and a few other... He was on Drangugs. <laughs> Drangugs. He was doing some Drangugan. Uh, he kept going for little naps. Oh, <laughs> little drug naps. That, is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he'd go off yeah. and go for a little nap. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's in space and he's like, hang on, back in a minute. He goes in, talks, we, talks remember, to the machine, elves, comes uh, back out. We, Emmett, you know the way Emmett's a promoter, yeah. live and die. He went over and go, Coolio, can I take a photograph of you? And you're like, yeah, sure. He goes, can you wear a Club Hell t-shirt? Oh. And he stuck the Club Hell t-shirt. Coolio was like, I don't really give a Whatever. Fuck. I remember talking to Coolio about him. Um, he goes, do you know what song I'd love to sample? I was like, what? He goes, uh, Led Zeppelin, Whole Lot of Love. He goes, you want to do a riff on that? He goes, yeah, I want to rap over a riff. I was like, fuck, that actually could sound yeah, incredible. Yeah. And he's like, they won't let me use it. Of course they won't. I was like, <laughs> I was like actually, yeah. I was like, there's no way. He goes, so I'm getting on lads, getting lads to work uh, work it out that it sounds like that. I'm like, if you change that, yeah, it's not if going one to sound. One note gone is not going to over. sound like that. It's over. Well. But they wouldn't give that the fucking Eminem. They wouldn't give that the fucking no. Ice T. They wouldn't give that the Ice Cube. They wouldn't give no. it the Nas. It wouldn't matter. Jay Z could be knocking on the door there, and they'd be like, "Not getting it." No, no, no. It's okay for us. So to imagine it's, it's okay for us to steal music from black people. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not giving any of it back to black people. We pay, we paid <laughs> them court fees. We're not giving any yeah. of it back. So they're saying yeah. no to Nas and Coolio wants it. The Can fun, you imagine? The funniest uh, part of that night was at the very end where we were standing outside on. Um, somewhere between Abbey Street or somewhere like that and Emmett my friend starts to randomly sing Gangsta's Paradise Chikulia Stop for no reason <laughs> he just goes as I walk through the valley of the no he goes as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and he gets it wrong twice not once Kulio does no no no, no. Oh, Emma gets, Emma it, wrong, gets not it wrong once, twice. and the first time I knew it was wrong I looked at Kulio he just did this thing where he kind of closed his eyes shook his head a little bit looked malfunctioned away. and then because Emmett didn't know any of the other lyrics I don't know why I was doing this, mm. but he just did it again. And anyway. just doing the first verse again, and then Cooley goes, "Those ain't the fucking lyrics, man." Mm. And Emma goes, "I think they are. <laughs> I think they are." <laughs> why does uh, he? He's arguing with Coolio about his own lyrics. Uh, no, they definitely uh, are Coolio on, on fucking somewhere uh, Abbey Street or Liffey Street. Street or something. Jesus, <laughs> as the fucking, last Lewis goes, boy, fucking Christ, the man. grimmest. Uh, the fucking that's my <laughs> that's my Coolio story. What's your uh, what's your next song? Wait, hang on. Oh. Can you imagine I'm a dead serious Wexford heading them? Are you sure those are the lyrics? I think they are. Get them up on your phone, Coolio. Show me. <laughs> oh God. Okay. My uh, my uh, is this my last one? It is my last one. Yeah. My last one is a uh, John Bon Jovi, "Blaze of Glory." Great song. It's super. It's super. Do you know what? It, it was only today. I was today years old, as the kids now say. I thought that they did a song for Young Guns One, and I thought that was "Wanted Dead or Alive." There's a story behind it, but yeah, it's not, my, it's not yeah. my head. Do you ever get that brain fart where something goes wrong yep. in your history, your foils get mixed up? Yep. And when so, I read that, and I was like. Why did he not fucking pick the song from Young Guns mm. 1? Then I went, hang on, that doesn't sound right time-wise. No. Basically what it is, it's 1990, Young Guns 2 was coming out. Um, what a letdown of a film compared to 1. 
I, I don't even fucking remember. That's just all the blur to me of those fucking films. It feels like they made eight of them. Um, it's like 16 candles, but with 16 rounds of... I, 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 yeah. It's a brat, 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 brat movie. Like that that br- second brat pack. Set fucking, in the, set in the oh. fu- yeah. I remember the first one being super. I mean, really excited for the I second one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. So, it's 1990. Lou Diamond Phillips in that as well? Yeah. Go on the Lou. He's fucking double double jobbing on this podcast. Except here he's in the movie with a good song. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, stop it, you're fucking me up now. I'm trying to do me shit. Okay, oh, I can do this. Right. Emilio Estevez gets on to Emilio! John Bon Gets on to John Bon Jovi. He's like, listen, I really want, want the dead or alive for this movie. Oh, right? so my foils weren't that fucked they, they were, up. Weren't that corrupted. Right. A little bit of defragmentation and right, you'll, be, you'll yeah. be fucking boxed yeah, off, yeah. lad. So Emilio asks for Wanted Dead or Alive. Hey, John. So John says, listen, that song is about being on tour in a band. It's not actually about the Wild West. It only sounds a bit like it. So John, being the sleeving cunt that he is, says like, all right, John, I'm fucking, listen, Emilio. I'm the sleeve. We'll bang you one out, man. You I'll fucking. I'll John Bon Nixer. Exactly, yeah, John Bon Nixer. We'll do a fucking soidy. Do a little soy job for you, man. Fucking cashing, cashing the claw. <laughs> so he says, I'll go off and I'll write your song. So off he goes and he writes Blaze of Glory, right? Now, to this day, I'll be pretty honest with you, I did not know that was a John Bon Jovi solo song. I just thought that was Bon Jovi song. So did I. Right? Now, that is his first number one, I solo. believe his only number one John Bon Jovi solo song, right? Um, did he do another Rodgers and Sheik? Yeah. <laughs> He does it now. He does John Bon Jovi and the Bon Jovi's or something like He does something like that. Because I, I don't know who the fuck's left. Richie Sambora and all's gone. Eh? I don't know who the fuck's left in that band. Um, it's, it's I love that he chose to, for an ensemble cast movie, he chose to go solo. What a Bon Jovi move. But this is where it gets better. He assembled a crack team of absolute savages to be this. on this song. Go right? On. Jeff Beck on guitar. No way. Jeff fucking Beck plays guitar in it. Right? Uh, Robin Crosby from Rat plays guitar on it. Round and around. Right? I love that song. And the piece, the resistance. Coolio. Randy, ja- <laughs> Randy Jackson from American Idol plays bass on this song. <laughs> Randy Jackson, the judge from American Idol. Oh, John, I don't know. I'm not feeling your vibe right <laughs> yeah. now with this song, John. Yeah. <laughs> plays bass on this motherfucking song. Uh, a guy called Ben Montench who played uh, he was in The Heartbreakers and Tom Petty he played piano well, on it as well but would have been brilliant if he was in The Heartbreakers mm. straight up Randy motherfucking Jackson Jesus plays bass was on this still, song was he big and bald then was he wearing the glasses I don't know well, he's he, a likeable fella I've never I only know never him from, met him. <laughs> I've never met him never hung out with him like you did with Coolio like, yeah I was going to say I couldn't speak I've to a few. he might know I wonder if he knows the lyrics to fucking Blaze <laughs> Glory <laughs> but um yeah, that, he assembled like a team of young guns himself, and off he went. <laughs> recorded you say he assembled a team of young guns. Yes, and off he went. Delete that from the podcast. <laughs> Delete that line. <laughs> off he went. Recorded his fucking solo album. I couldn't. I've never listened to it. I only know this song. He's got an, I'm not. There's never an album. To that solo There's album. an album. Never. Um, and I believe they all played on that. All those guys played on it as well. So but yeah, he, he was asked by Emilio Estevez, hey, what dead or alive? And he said, I'll fucking do you one better. I'll actually write you a song about this fucking film. So I don't have to give the lads exactly. any money. And it'll just be me, John and the fucking Jovies. And fucking <laughs> off I go. It boxed off. Because the name's the fucking same. I don't give a shit. Like, it's an absolute... The name's cunt. the same. <laughs> oh, read the name. Oh, yeah. that's the other one. <laughs> oh, it's so confusing. <laughs> so Stupid cowboy songs. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's my last one. That's my last one. And that's... Uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I only picked that one because Randy Jackson from American Idol played on it. Like, it's a great song and all. It is a super song. But, like, when I was, I was looking through, uh, as with all podcasts, we have this kind of refinement process. But, by Jesus, when his name lit up, on that article about uh, the, the 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 musicians, he's me man. Like I was like, that's too good of a lump of trivia. <laughs> like it's worth it's worth wading through, shy just to be able to say that. Oh, right, what's your last one? Hit me with your last one. My last one is a tiny bit of a cheat. Mm-hmm. Tiny bit of a cheat. Is this it? was songs written for movies. Yeah, this was written, but did absolutely nothing for a couple of months till it was picked up for the movie. Oh, I know we shouldn't do that, but. The reason I picked it is this song, Wicked Game by Chris Isaac, will mm. always be the song from Wild at Heart for me. Yes. Always. Always. Yeah. Before, there's no way 
I would have heard it without that. Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have. It came out. I think it was. Uh, it, it did nothing for a couple of months. Did nothing. It was picked up by David Lynch, like Old Town Road, like Old like Town, which Road. has now beaten every record ever longest running song in any chart. Fucking hell! Yeah. Really? Yeah. You sure? Beaten. Mariah Carey had the record. Go on, the Old Town Road, and it's beaten her. Yep. Anyway, I'm, back I'm to Chris Isaac. I'm happy for that. Yeah, so it was picked up on a radio station, and uh, then his career launched from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up, yeah. without yeah. this, without without this song being on this movie, and it was only a, a few months in a difference. So that's why I'm allowing this little. It's a killer song. It's a fucking killer. Wicked Game is possibly the sexiest song of all time. Yeah, it yeah. makes me think of full sex, full actual sex, full like we put it in, like when it goes in, it goes in that bit. Goes in all the way, and it's so warm. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be brutally so honest with you. Warm. You see, see, uh, fucking, see this Chris Isaac, Chris Isaac, and Billy Ray Cyrus are the same person. To me. Oh, what are you talking? I'm about? just saying. I'm just saying. They look the same. They do the same kind of sneery Billy Idol fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is <coughs> just. I just that have is a mental thing to every say. now and again. There's certain band. I thought Pink Floyd. And Fleetwood Mac were the same band. <laughs> no, well, to be fair, right? To be fair, early, early Pink Floyd and early, early Fleetwood Mac are very, they're touching on, they're, they're touching dicks. <laughs> Warm dicks. Like, you know, that, like the Peter Green uh, fucking Fleetwood Mac and then the Sid Barrett. You know, they're not million, million miles away. It's, for some now reason. They, they both went in different directions. I think it was just similar people doing music that wasn't a million miles away of a similar era with maybe a font. Or something stupid. It was that big psychedelic. Yeah. No, but early Fleetwood Mac is nothing like it. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, these so two Billy Ray Cyrus, Wicked Game. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Isaac is nothing like him. He's a mildly bluesy, mildly country bluesy guy. Let's leave it up to the listeners. Leave it to the listeners. They, they're going to look, they're going <laughs> to, you've just made a show yourself. Chris Isaac is one of the most, man, I have a little man horn for him. For Chris Seriously. Who's was the other one? Um, the English guy. He was fucked now. He's on a can. Uh, um, Harry Connick Jr. No, that's he's American. Uh, Jesus Christ! It'll come to me. Keep talking. Anyway, there's another one. This, yeah, oh God, I love this song. Baby's got a baby did a bad bad thing. Is the other big song off this album. Mm. The rest of it is that very bluesy. It is very kind of sneery. But he's a great actor. So he was used in uh, David Lynch's uh, Fire Walk with Me, Twin Peaks movie, oh. Fire Walk with Me, and um, again another song that you hear the start of it and you instantly get those chills it's like Wicked Game starts off it'll always remind me of Wild at Heart which is kind of weird David Lynch movie the more you think about it it's kind of violent it doesn't have as, as much surreal mm. stuff as the rest of the stuff um, I absolutely don't know where you're getting and I'm not saying musically there's any connection in my fucking head every now and again there's a couple of acts Billy Ray Cyrus had a mullet. I don't even remember what he looked like. Business at the front, party at the back. I'm all over that. I'd, I'd love to have a haircut. Chris Isaac like had a floppy fucking mechanics hair. Like a, nine, or, he had a, like a fucking 80s, short back of He looked like he an 80s American mechanic that only worked on Cadillacs. Yeah, he had like a haircut. Like Soids well shaved and shit, didn't he? No, With the kind of, no, no really. he had like a greaser. He had a greaser. He's, yeah, a greaser. But the yeah. Soids were just kind of combed. The other fellow I'm thinking of has a, has a greaser haircut. Who were well. you thinking I'm, of? It's gone. Forget it. Forget it, it's gone. It's left me. Well, we'll, we'll I'll tell you on another podcast and we'll fight over it. He, he, might be the, he might be the Sasquatch. He might be the missing link between Chris Isaacs and uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Well, when you put the two of them together and I'm trying to think of a third person, you could be talking about, Jesus Christ, you could be talking about fucking Madonna. I've never met a girl like you before. Edwin Collins. Him. I was going to say him and I was like, that's way later. Edwin Collins, yeah. That's the connection. I'm not thinking about him. He reminds me more of... He's fucked now. Elvis Costello. Yeah. He's fucked now. He is fucked, isn't he? Yeah, he's got like spina bifida or something. I don't know what Her, it is. He's all bollocks. Yeah, and he's fucked. He's still gigging. Yeah. He's still gigging, yeah. He's, I think he's doing a gig here now in the world. Scottish yeah. lad. I think he just sits down and fucking... I despised that song when I first heard it with a passion. Super, it's a super fucking the, song. Something happened over... You know when you mellow to a song? Yeah. And then he go one further and you start to really like it. It's so good. That's weird that I went full circle. It's dirty, like it. Well, not full circle because I'd hate it again, but that I went 180. Fuzzy fucking... It's yeah. so good. I mean, Mel can't even do the noise. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's so good that I can't do it. So, I don't know what else to say about your game. The world is on fire. No one can save me but you. Great fucking opening line. 
It's a, it's, a, it's a cracker of a song. It's a fucking cracker. It is filth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Porn. That should, be, that should be the Pornhub. Uh, him, him and Coolio should do a fucking song. Yeah. We, we should petition Pornhub. Tell you what, we'll do a bit of research on Pornhub over yeah. next week, right? See if they need a bit of a helping hand. Um, and we're, and uh, re-kick uh, their career in the music industry off. And we'll put the two the I'm two thinking they might not care or need that. Listen, I'm sure they're willing to diversify their portfolio. Yeah. They are filling sinks and tissues uh, every day. <laughs> at an at a, uh, astronomical rate. Astronomical. Just, there's no end, basically. There's no end. To the jip. <laughs> just rivers no, let's not do this we got too deep do you have uh, one left now I'm done that's it that is it that is our our favourite songs from soundtracks as requested by you the listener especially the band I say you the listener there might be three yeah no, three now we're doing alright our numbers are good our numbers are getting better and better yeah, and they are getting bigger and bigger uh, as with every other podcast tell your motherfucking friends tell them share Talk to us. Just like. click fucking like on one of the things. Yeah. Just do something. Otherwise, I'll think no one's listening. And like typical Paul will go off and go, no one likes something, I'm doing something else. Yeah. And I don't want to do that because I enjoy this, but I also do need some recognition because this is how my fucking ego works. <laughs> Dirty. Right. Good Leave night. With that. See you next week.